0: Beyond and hello everyone, my name is Jonathan Dornbush, and this is IGN's PlayStation podcast, Podcast Beyond and of course, as I like to do with any slow week of PlayStation news I thought I'd begin the show with a 300 line poem to fill some time and space because there's not much else. No, of course, oh, everyone's leaving, is that, is that what's happening? Everyone shut off the podcast? Well, we have plenty to talk about this week on PlayStation It's a
1: kidnapping, you can't just do that to
0: people <laughs> Don't worry, it's actually 600 lines Anyway, I'm joined this week by Brian Altano <laughs> Hello
1: everyone, Beyond
0: Lucy O'Brien. Hello, good to be here. And Max Covill.
2: And a <laughs> view, <laughs> Well,
0: now I'm thrown. I don't know where to go. No, of course, uh, thank you to everyone who's uh, patiently waited for this week's episode. Uh, if you're listening this week, of course, we uh, delayed the episode to catch up on the state of play that uh, just aired as we're recording. We're recording this about an hour afterward, uh, so I can only assume PlayStation will still have news come out tomorrow just to screw us over because somehow... They can never let us win,
1: Uh, but we just put up another state of play. I believe like it. just just a second we started. Recording. There's another one. This is going to be the a problem. PS6.
0: It's amazing. <laughs> um, I mean, no, I will say they still haven't announced uh, PlayStation Plus games for March. So that's probably going up tomorrow would be. That is true. A safe bet. Anyway, we'll cover that next week. But for this week, we do have plenty to discuss, even outside of the state of play. Even if that didn't happen, it would have been a very, very busy week in PlayStation. Uh, but I do want to start with the state of play, of course. Uh, if you haven't seen it or you were you were waiting to check it out. Uh, Obviously, go watch it. Uh, There's a full recap of it and news up on IGN as well. Uh, The biggest hits of it, I would say, include uh, Kena Bridge of Spirits getting release date for August, August 24th. Uh, Another look at Returnal, which is coming in April. Deathloop, which is coming in May. Uh, And the announcement of Final Fantasy VII Remake uh, getting... Final Fantasy 7 Remake Interlude. So there will be a PS5 version of Final Fantasy VII Remake, and you can also purchase some extra DLC that's kind of like an additional expansion in between episode of the episodes.
2: You know what would be good DLC is the rest of that effing game.
0: Part two, <laughs> yeah. What if they just do this? What if they just it's keep actually, releasing little
1: additions? It's an effing game, Max. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but of course, we're going to dive into each of these games, but I do want to sort of start out from a uh, a quick top-down, like, overview of how we felt about it, because before we jump in, I, I we were talking a little bit about this before the show. Uh, this is, of course, a February state of play. We're a couple months after the PS5 launch. Uh, the specific text that teased this on the PlayStation blog said, new updates and deep dives for 10 games coming to PS4 and PS5, including new game announcements and updates on some of the third-party and indie titles from June's PS5 showcase last year. So that doesn't really indicate... Uh, major first-party games or first-party announcements. Uh, it, it gave us a limit on sort of the amount of games we were expecting. We knew it was going to be thirty minutes, et cetera, et cetera. All that being said, I kind of was hoping for a little bit of Horizon Forbidden West in there.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah, I think like hoping for a little more is a good is a good way of putting it. I don't, I didn't feel like it was like devastatingly like lackluster or anything. Like no. there's definitely cool stuff in it. Um, but I was saying before to you guys, it, it felt like a very February ass show like it was just like it's the same kind of energy the rest of us have right now which is like we're putting in our best which is like a six and a half out of seven out of ten or something <laughs> like it's it was cool to get like small updates on some things I did want like I, I, I always love the and one more thing big surprise um, I guess if you're a Final Fantasy fan you sort of got that but yeah it was it was cool cool out of ten
3: <laughs> it, if it was like a musical you know, it would be the the song that kind of just helps tell the story, like just carry the story along. Like it's like it's not really memorable.
2: The one that kind doesn't of rhyme just serves, a, yeah, yeah. It kind of serves <laughs> its purpose.
0: Yeah. It's the one in between the intro and my shot in Hamilton. It's the it's mm-hmm. the one you don't really remember as much. <laughs> right. um, but no, yeah, it is funny now that uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake has now been the one one more thing of now two state of plays because it was uh, before that game got re revealed a couple of years ago. Also, the one more thing in state of play. So uh, definitely no stoppage of love for Seven uh, Remake. But yeah, it's I, I'm very much there too. I think it could have done more, but it wasn't necessarily bad. I think it was as you were saying. It made sense for February, but I I think when we're looking at the rest of the year and we were kind of talking about this uh, on last week's show of like after the Nintendo Direct kind of being underwhelming, I wish they just at least kind of acknowledged that they have those other things coming. Like Jim Ryan gave an interview this week where he talked about, you know, Gran Turismo 7 getting delayed to 2022, but Horizon's coming this year and Ratchet and Clank and all these things. But they didn't say that here. And it feels Mm -hmm. like at the top of the show, if they just had said We know you can't wait to play Ratchet and Clank and Horizon and God of War. And we'll have more news on those soon, but we have a ton of other great games. It feels like just a simple bit of messaging could go a long way. Maybe like, I don't know if that's expecting too much candor from a company.
3: It's, it's, it is, it's not expecting too much and it is an easy thing to do. And it is, it's still important, I think, to sort of be like, hey, you just like put up, like you gave all this money to a shopkeep to buy a PlayStation 5 and you know like that messaging is just it's a little that will give a lot to say and this purchase was worth it because we can't give any news right now but this is still coming and it's still happening and you did good
2: you know you just yeah. like, give your that's money cool. to a shopkeep
3: yeah i don't know you buy your like,
2: ps5 I... in hyrule what is <laughs> <laughs> that's actually the only place to get
1: the max <laughs> yeah that's fair fair point scalpers yeah. haven't 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 figured that out yet <laughs> they haven't uh, gone through the temple of time speaking of Zelda <laughs> though um I, I actually appreciated the one part of the Nintendo presentation last week where they came out and said like hey we're we're, we're not ready to show you Breath of the Wild 2 yet uh yeah. but we will later this year I think that that's a good a good way of sort of now granted a lot of people didn't like that um but I think that's a good way to hold people over if you come out and you go like, hey, we're still working on this, this and this. But for now, we want to focus our spotlight on this, this and this. I think no, it's like, like
2: it's like at a concert yeah. when or like a comedy show or something where there's like there's an opening act and there's an MCU who comes out before the opening act. And they're like, you guys excited for, you know, the the main act, the big thing you're here to see, obviously. And everyone cheers. and says, All right. Well, first, you're going to check out this thing that you didn't pay to see. And like mm-hmm. people are excited <laughs> about the thing that's coming ahead. But that's not the thing they're getting immediately. You know, it's just kind of like, I don't know very very dumb like woohoo kind of sleight of hand so
1: yeah i mean on the on the flip side i do appreciate that these things have always been sort of vehicles for a bunch of games that maybe wouldn't necessitate the, the spotlight of an entire uh state of play or headliners or anything like that like it's kind of cool that they do get to put a bunch of stuff in there that would definitely get overshadowed by something new when they mentioned like going to check in on an update of one of 2020's biggest games i was like oh this is absolutely last of us ps5 along with the multiplayer mode um which was you know allegedly like a whole standalone thing because that we haven't heard about what that game looks uh, looks like or plays like on ps5 outside of just like playing the ps4 version like i feel like all of their other big first-party games in the last few years aside from bloodborne rest in peace uh we have like some sort of understanding of what what they'll what they exist like on ps5 um even like down to like the playstation plus collection like like where's where's the last of us you know like is it too soon to get a ps5 upgrade is they're not ready to talk about multiplayer yet like it felt it felt felt like it was missing
3: uh, I just, I think in general, one of the things that frustrated me a little bit about the state of play is that I I dislike it when companies sort of pretend that they don't know what the conversation is, um, you know, like within their consumer base. Uh, obviously, everyone is very excited for uh, for that announcement, for Horizon, for God of War. Like, obviously, all that stuff is like really exciting. And, you know, that kind of messaging is like really odd to me. It's like, you know, most people aren't really paying attention to, to, to GQ, you know, sorry to, G, you know, GQ is a, but like that, the majority of people are getting the news from the state of play, right? And it's and so, I, again, it just sort of seems like counterintuitive to me. Like, give those, uh, make those announcements here. Like, you don't have to talk to GQ and like it's just it's just odd. It just it it just strikes me as like not really listening to what's going on, or just like not acknowledging that you're listening. Like, mm-hmm. it's just an acknowledgement that you're listening is is enough. Like as Nintendo did. It feels
0: like in part because we really haven't had Sony be direct and not to lift words again from Nintendo, but like directly communicating with fans in the same way that like, I would say the Xbox Twitter account is pretty bubbly and like personable to fans. You see their community team talking to people a lot. Nintendo does things like the directs, the Nintendo minute, like they have social presences of people on there. I don't feel like there is the PlayStation blog and they have that PlayStation blog podcast, but like, I don't see a sort of, figurehead or or like a mouthpiece for Sony anymore like we don't really get that from anyone like we did with Shuhei back in the day or I wonder ben how
2: much of that, that is a byproduct of just Sony being part of a massive global <laughs> conglomerate and the mm-hmm. fact that I mean Nintendo is Nintendo they're they obviously they have their, their their own weirdness and then Microsoft I think I feel like Microsoft is just sort of a modern enough company and the fact that it's you know they're it's all sort of it's all based stateside like i feel like the fact that there's sort of there are higher ups that we don't even know about in japan running stuff for sony um and then i think you know obviously playstation got sort of transplanted to europe now and i mean there's just a a lot more managers have to sign off on stuff and yeah i mean i don't know we're all sort of speculating here I i get the feeling that the state of plays haven't been as uh I get the feeling they're kind of a pain in the ass to make in that you probably have to chase down a lot of people and you probably have to get a lot of approvals and it, you know, it Taylor, you know, factored in like delays and, st- you know, stuff like that. And the fact that, um, you know, I mean, they didn't, they didn't call it a state of play when they announced the PS five, right. Or when they showed yeah. off that was mm-hmm. like a showcase. Yep. Uh, and I imagine when it's like a super huge triple A game, they probably don't want to share the spotlight. Like we've seen state of plays that are like exclusively one game. But if you, you know, if they're trying to be like, Hey, you know, hey, Naughty Dog, can we have like a little snippet about what's going on with the, you know, Last of Us for PS5? They're probably like, I don't know, are you going to sandwich it between Crash Bandicoot and Kena Bridge of Spirits? You know, like they mm-hmm. don't, I don't know, it's it's... <laughs> No, it's, it's a, like
1: that. It's like that thing in Wreck-It Ralph where all the bad guys wanted to be the biggest one in the room, you know, <laughs> and like, yeah. they had to be like, no, the room has a ceiling and it, this, this is what we're doing. Relax.
0: It, when they when they showed The Last of Us in a state of play, that was the thing that that entire state of play was built around last time. Like that was the yeah. only thing that was really marketed. And yeah, like I, I I agree with you, Max, in terms of it feels like there's something that it probably is a little bit tough to get a state of play together these days because this is the first general one since March or excuse me, since uh, August last year. And then in between, we had a Demon Souls state of play that aired on a Saturday before it came out. And then the Destruction All-Stars uh, state of play that was buried in the PlayStation Plus announcement for that month. Like it's mm-hmm. a it's a name that gets kind of thrown around and used here and there. But like you said, on the two big PS5 showcases last year, they weren't called state of place for some reason
2: yeah i mean even yeah. when nintendo does like they'll do they don't call it their e3 showcase back when that was a thing it was just to say that it was a you know nintendo direct that's happened to coincide with you know the monday of e3 or whatever um and I, I don't know i really wish that they would allow this like they're effectively like they're eating our lunch because like you know historically like we ign is sort of a you know video game publication that is there to sort of distribute and you know disseminate information about what's going on in games but on some level, I'm like, you own the messaging. Why aren't you doing something with it? Like, why isn't state of play like a monthly thing, even if it's not super big and over the top, like it would be kind of awesome to have that, like any kind of consistency. Uh, you know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, the last of us three gets announced or PlayStation six or whatever the hell it is, but like some kind of like, you know, it's nice to have something to look forward to. And I think our expectations would be a lot more flexible if that was something we gotten used to.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean Microsoft attempted the monthly update thing and the problem is it's just like it's not sustainable because of what you were sort of alluding to earlier Max. It's like wrangling all of those third parties and first parties to show something every single month uh is difficult because it's, you know, it's sort of like when when you're making like art or music or video editing on a computer, you're constantly saving out files, which is like final, final one, final, final two, (laughs) like game design. It's, it's, it's basically never, you're never finished with it. And so I don't think we don't, we don't really get the same sort of transparency there where people are like, let's, let me show you exactly what I've been working on, uh, on, on such a frequency that said, like looking at the like to dislike ratio on this thing, like it's right now, as of this, it's got 450,000 views. um, Forty-eight thousand upvotes, two thousand downvotes. So it's like it's it's mostly like mostly people enjoy it. Like I would actually be interested in going through all the state of plays and all the Nintendo directs and such, and sort of seeing which were the the best received ones, which were the least well received ones, and sort of seeing like what's the pattern here. Like what's what is actually like compelling people to say that this you know block of of trailers and snippets and exclusive world premieres is better than this one or the ones that are hyper-focused on one game. Is it better than having this scattershot approach to a bunch of different titles? So I don't know. It's, It's interesting. Interesting.
0: I really think part of the, the problem with it is in that, that upvote, downvote is interesting to hear because I, I reached out right before the show and asked people what their general consensus was and I got a lot of uh, Larry David uh, middling sort of gifs thrown back at me. Yeah, um, yeah. But I, I think we've, we've gotten to a place where there was a really good year, like a year or two run where every Nintendo Direct felt like major and amazing. PlayStation was doing incredible E3 showcases. Uh, Xbox was finally starting to pick back momentum up on their showcases as well like everything was really great and then because more and more showcases have been happening obviously there's more and more content needed for all of those so they can't all reach those highs but i think there are still expectations for those highs to appear and so Mm -hmm. we're we're in this weird place where i think we always want what we had back then but if we're going to have these every few months we can't necessarily do that um right and it's it's an unfortunate place for you know the companies making these games to be in because this is like you were saying a chance for some of these games that probably wouldn't be in the sony e3 showcase if that was a thing this year like (coughs) most of these games probably wouldn't have been in uh and so this is definitely a chance to Let some of those games get some air, uh, get a chance to shine. And I do want to pivot to talk a little bit about what we did see uh, and how we felt about all of it. And I guess starting at because we had sort of alluded to it. The one last thing of this showcase being Final Fantasy VII Remake coming to PS5. It's a free upgrade if you're if, if you have the PS4 version. But in order to get the new content that they showed as part of this thing called Final Fantasy 7 Remake Integrade, which is as Square Enix a name as you can get um, it, uh, you will have to pay for that uh, additional new content that brings uh, Yuffie into the game. Seems to kind of give you like an alternate perspective on the events of Remake. Uh, it, it, it seems like a stopgap sort of solution uh, until part two. Um, For me, it very much reminds me of they would always after Kingdom Hearts games came out, the main ones put out a version called Final Mix like a year or two later. That was like the director's cut.
2: Mm -hmm. Um, So it's it's the game of the year edition. Yeah, it's I, I I'm totally fine with this. I do. You know, I obviously do wish that they would give us an update on. What happens after remake like we waited 6 years like maybe just even like a logo like what's it called is it called remake part 2 is it called remake revenge like what i don't know and this is even the way that this this sort of this trailer gameplay thing rolled out was sort of muddled it was very confusing yeah mm. um
3: I yeah mean, they it's, it, it's still exciting like i i liked this as a it, it, if there was going to be you know a, a middle of the road Kind of big ending. This was as good as any. Um, and yeah, like Yuffie is a big character for a lot of people. Like, I, you know, just scrolling through Twitter and everyone was like, oh my God, it's Teenage Yuffie. This is amazing. My mind is blown. <laughs> I mean, I, I don't particularly remember Yuffie from, from like a lot, you know, when I originally played Final Fantasy 7 back in the day, um because she's like an optional uh character who comes into your party after you do this whole quest where you sort of chase her and she steals your material, blah, blah, blah. Um, but uh, you know, it's, it's a big reveal for a certain slice of that audience and, um, yeah, it's cool. It's cool. I, 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 I dig it. I think that yeah, at this point, yes, it w- would be great to get some more information, but it is nice to have something so soon.
1: I will say as somebody that doesn't, um, isn't immensely familiar with the source material, this is f- like fucking calculus <laughs> like this is this is this is walking into a like like an honors class in a college i'm not supposed to be like this is i this is so far
2: i'm so confused by this is what i'll say but yeah, it, it wanna, people are wanna, happy which is good i don't want to i don't want to come on too negative this is this looks awesome and i'm excited yeah it looks it. great yeah it's uh, yeah and it's they also um they kind of i mean they obviously weren't going to announce stuff coming to phones on a playstation stream but right afterwards they were like also we're making an open like a battle royale game for phones and like a whole like another ff7 remake that covers that remakes everything but it has like phone graphics or something
1: mm-hmm. yeah they a uh, seven get,
0: get remake that
2: re- get that real money <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> it, it gets ahead of the the real remake quicker than we'll ever get to the end of like this whole remake collection just in a mobile game um But yeah, I'm there a little bit with all three of you. Like, I don't know the source material. So, Brian, I'm very much like, I don't know what any of these new things are. I only know Yuffie from Kingdom Hearts, which I think makes Final Fantasy fans mad. So I'm sorry. But uh, (laughs) like, I loved the combat in seven, like but far and away, the, the my favorite part of it was the combat systems and to have new new playable characters that will presumably bring new wrinkles into that gameplay. I'm totally on board for i want to platinum this game eventually it'll look and run better on ps5 i didn't think the the graphical updates looked that dramatically better uh
2: and
3: i feel it's like with this the, the ps i was going to want to quickly say the ps4 version looked so good like it's it, so good it was yeah. so pretty and like when i was watching that side-by-side comparison i was like i mean you know my eye is eyes pretty I mean, untrained into such things but it was like
2: that's I mean, that's this generation in a nutshell is like mm. the the graphics comparisons are for the most part, like one of those fine thing, fine, 10 differences between two pictures. Um, <laughs> I mean, I found myself on several occasions looking at one of those things where and not paying too much attention to what the whether it's his PS4 or five <laughs> in the corner being like, wow, they really did a great overhaul. And then looking down and being like, that's the version I already played. <laughs> you know, and yeah. it's it's totally just like this Pepsi challenge kind of thing. There's
0: um, there's one yeah. look where they're walking underneath like the giant plates and the I thought the four version was the five version. And I'm like, oh, so they just added in a brighter light in the background. Like the sun is brighter and just obscures more of the background. That is not what mm-hmm. I want from this. But OK, like as as you said, Lucy, it's already a gorgeous game. So it's just running more smoothly on PS5 and probably loading a little faster. That's that's fine. They, with me.
2: I like that they did show off the load times. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and then photo mode, which is awesome. Mm -hmm. yes it's it's awesome if you like you know in-game photography it's a gorgeous game but also there's so many perverts out there who want to (laughs) do they just want to leer at tifa like
3: just gonna say that we are gonna just see so many pervy in-game shots oh my god I like we had talked about this
0: when that game first came out. I think this is across the board, the game with just the most beautiful people. Like everyone in this game is just made to be the most beautiful version of that character.
2: So this is going to be rough because I feel like when that came out, it was the beginning of quarantine. We're all like, "Eh, I've looked better. And here we are like a year later. We're like, (laughs) they're going to look even prettier. They're going to be like, oh, yes, these beautiful people now with. 30% less 30% less pores. So like, oh. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. going to
0: be, uh, yeah, it, you would hope it would, uh, help encourage us, but we're still locked down. So I'm not going to the mm-hmm. gym anytime soon. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited to play this again. I, I wanted to platinum this game at some point, And now I'm going to wait, uh, comes out June 10th, I believe was the release date, which is right before the day before Ratchet and Clank. Uh, so that week is How- going to get busy right before E3.
1: <laughs> How many consoles will this, uh, single game straddle like it, oh, star- it started on four five? <laughs> we're, yeah we're on five. i mean that was like a port right that got repeatedly added new like in terms of like telling the entire final fantasy story which I they're already know. like kind of taking like a side street on i wonder if like i just feel like we're going to be on this show with like beards in like seven years and like white hair. Um, and we're oh going to be like, kill
3: me, kill me. If I'm still <laughs> on this show with white hair. Oh my God. No, <laughs> no be long gone. Uh, uh,
0: but and, you're, you're yeah. probably right. The PS six will be a place to play final fantasy seven remake part one. Yeah um it'll it'll be an interesting journey that we're all going to go on for the next couple decades but uh you know at least it's a, it's a, a a nice game to look at before all the pervy photos happen
3: uh i, I it's real at least it's real like I, yes you know, was, that's true were to find way we were like like oh it's never coming out it's never coming mm-hmm. out and you yeah know, here we
0: are um i i do want to touch on briefly just a couple of the other uh exclusives uh speaking of uh Games that come out uh, coming out that look very beautiful. Uh, Deathloop, uh, a a game that we've seen quite a bit uh, of since its announcement. It's coming in May. We have a release date. Uh, We're going to even have more of it at the IGN Fan Fest. Um, I I'm sold. I'm excited to play this game. I am looking forward to it. I loved this trailer, but I don't think I need to see any more of this game. Like nothing that they can show me at this point is really going to change my mind. But I do love that there is essentially a James Bond theme song to death. Oh, the
3: theme song was so
0: good. It's so good. Incredible. The, like like Agatha all along, that needs to go on Spotify as soon as possible. Cause mm-hmm. it is it is a jam.
2: <laughs> I yeah, I just started checking my phone during this one because I don't want to see anymore. Like I'm I'm yeah. sold. This looks gorgeous. I say this about I feel like every arcane game, and then I don't wind up playing them, but maybe this one will do the trick. Um <laughs> I read something that really like. I think they were talking about the size of levels compared to Dishonored. And I had totally been operating under the assumption that this was going to be like a an open world game or like fair, like entirely, maybe not entirely, but just much more spread out than that. So the thought of this having levels totally that wasn't that's a, a you know stupid assumption on my part. But um, I am really curious to check this out, though.
3: Yeah, I'm so excited to play an arcane game again. I love <laughs> everything that arcane has ever put out, and it's just this it feels so like I haven't obviously gone hands on, but it just it just feels so perfectly that studio like, it, you know, I can almost feel it like watching the trailer, you know, having like put so many hours into Dishonored. It just I'm so excited.
0: It does kind of give me that, I guess, worry, but like I, I don't make any money from the sales, but it just feels like we're, we may be in that place again with like another uh, arcane critically acclaimed, but not necessarily commercially successful uh game as just like it, it's so pretty and the art art direction and the style just feels so there but i don't know if it'll end up being like a a, a mass hit uh but hopefully with it being a ps5 exclusive it can kind of get some muscle behind it there
3: can, um, can you remind me if it's ps4 and ps5 or if it is PS5?
0: i believe just ps5 i will i will double check as soon as i uh head off the next discussion topic but i'm pretty sure it's just ps5 and pc um i believe it and ghostwire tokyo are just uh new gen
3: well, hopefully Exclusive. that smaller install base won't hurt
0: it. Either. Yes. Yeah. Uh, at least it should probably like set expectations for what they're expecting sales wise. Um, I did want to touch on, of course, as well. I think the, the other one that uh, I had most responses to of people excited by was uh, Kena of Spirits, which, as I mentioned earlier, has an August 24 release date uh, a little later than we uh, were expecting. Initially, that game was. Uh, first announced for a 2020 release. It was going to be at launch, but uh, due to, you know, COVID impacts on development, this is Ember Labs' first game. So, uh, you know, obviously they had to contend with quite a bit. Um, I I don't think this trailer showed anything that i wasn't expecting but i like i I think it's still safe to say this game just looks totally gorgeous like it looks like a pixar game it's kind of like we we would always say that about ratchet and clank and this feels like another example of that that someone was like we can do that too watch Mm -hmm. and it looks gorgeous i love the character design Um, what about you all? How how are you uh, thinking of this latest trailer for
1: it? I was, like, super into the combat sequences because they started to show some, like, really, really cool, interesting stuff that I think is going to be fun as hell to play with. Like, there's definitely a lot of, like, in-your-face stuff going on, but when she sort of, like, backflipped out of there and started using sort of projectile-based combat and then running up and and kind of, like, grunty attacking just face-to-face, I was like, oh, this is going to be fun as hell. Like, I just want to, like... Run up on a bunch of these dudes and just beat the shit them. Like the, the the bad guy they show at the end of the trailer, that's just like this like like t- tentacle garbage monster. I'm like, hell yeah, I want to kick this dude's ass. That looks like a good time.
2: <laughs> what did he do? How do you know Come he's on. bad? What's wrong with you? I'm just go go fight things with tentacles. He's, Horrible.
1: He's he, his, he poops in the forest and leaves oh. stuff everywhere. It's terrible.
2: Um, yeah, no, this looks this looks great. I I have this weird thing with with games that look. I think this pretty in a, in a stylistic kind of cartoony way. And Ratchet and Clank is totally the same way where I, it almost, it it doesn't impress me in the way that CG trailers sort of don't, because I almost don't believe it. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's weird because I feel like I don't have this. Like if you you know, when we saw like last of us part two for the first time, I was like, wow, it looks so good. The grass is real. But in this one, it's like, there's something. <laughs> wow, wow, so- <laughs> yeah. Wow, wow. Um, but no, like the second I'm actually playing this, I think I'm going to be like really, really impressed with it. And yeah. it looks, Look, it looks phenomenal, but at the same time, if you watch this side by side with like the new that new Raya and the Dragon child or that one, yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, it's I feel like there's there's definitely a similar naming convention there, but like also a really similar aesthetic, which is Mm -hmm. you know somewhere between that kind of uh, you know Avatar: The Last Airbender and classic cartoony Disney. Like, there's cute, there's like little cute kind of you know cherubic cartoon things, but there's also like kind of a you know, like a young adult with a, with a pole arm of some sort, who's ready to, yeah. The no, monster. I mean, I, I, yeah, there's a
1: pinch of DreamWorks Zelda somewhere in there, you know, but like not necessarily in a bad way. Right. Yeah.
3: Well, for me, for me personally, and this is, you know, what I was saying, like before we started recording, like I'm so glad that games that are very obviously aimed at families and, and, and Kim, you know, the, the, the family genre, the, you know, children <laughs> like kids and early teens and that sort of thing. Like, I'm really glad that they exist. Uh, Kids and 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 young adults like adore video games, and that's awesome. And there's a massive like player base there. Um, and I'm glad that they're not all like playing, you know, GTA Five or whatever at age age seven. Um, but at the same time, uh, you know, it's just personally kind of like the cuter the game is, the more it's sort of like not for me. I'm just sort of like I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an adult woman who loves. Really, sort of sick horror, and that's like that's my that's my lane. And so, you know, these sorts of games, like I'm like, yeah, this looks cool, and I'm pleased that it exists, but it's just not not something that I can imagine or see myself. Yeah, no,
1: you want to trudge through a a you know tonally depressing landscape with as a sad Mm -hmm. dad (laughs) trotting around his daughter figure. Like, I mean, but
3: seriously, like that's (laughs) kind of like. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, mm-hmm. I know what I like at this point in my life. That's I right. mean
0: I think Kina looks exactly like Alien, but I haven't seen that movie, so you know whatever. Uh anyway, m- moving on from <laughs> <laughs> There's so much wrong with that sentence. There's I know, so I know. Wrong. You're
1: you're talking to like three people that like that really, really deeply gets under the skin there. Like that's well, you like, know- Lucy it's literally
2: under Lucy's skin. She got a xenomorph true, tattoo. Yeah, Do
0: I have an alien tattoo? the xenomorph was just added to Fortnite, so maybe I need to catch up on that lore. Uh, well, so, but does he get a gun? I hope. Yeah. If you can play as him, you can have a gun. It's Then he gets like little hammers and he's going to go build yeah. build houses. He's, he's going like, to get a backpack with a puppy lungs,
2: in it. With yeah. little arms. <laughs> <laughs> but he's got those tubes in his back. How's he going to wear a backpack with a puppy? <laughs> It'll, they'll figure it out. They got to figure great. it out. I play as
0: Predator and Predator holding like a, a silly like gun that shoots snowballs at people while having a glittery gold backpack is just delightful. It's the best.
1: I'm not uh, ready to see Xenomorph doing all those dances. That's going to make fair. me physically ill
0: i make every character i can dance to do a Lipa. it's very fun
1: like I'm, uh, anyway, I'm okay with him impregnating humans until they explode but if i see him do the harlem shake i'm gonna die
0: <laughs> i actually him and the predator making them do a, a duos bts dance it's very fun yeah, uh anyway
1: physically ill right now
0: <laughs> happy to help nostalgia is great uh anyway moving on from that just for a couple of other ones we saw another look at returnal uh, we've talked a bit about it on the show, and I think it's kind of one of those like I'm excited for it. I love Mark. I just want to play it at this point. I do have a, a hands off preview up on IGN. I actually got to see like a 15 minute chunk of gameplay uh, to see a little bit more about it. They're promising that. Uh, and for me as a big Hades fan, this this is exciting. They do. They mentioned that there is a bit of a like a story that you are progressing through as you go through these time loops like the the roguelike element of it just being a a run that you just keep going through there are uh connective tissues that lead through the whole thing you will be progressing through a story you do have stuff that carries over uh that sounds exciting to me but at this point i just i just want to play this game um beyond that one though uh the only one that really really caught my eye personally and then if there are any others that that did for you guys please let me know uh sifu which is a new game from the absolver studio Mm -hmm. uh which i've seen both described as uh like daredevil and the raid hallway fight the game uh but also much more than that but honestly that's a great elevator pitch in my opinion um anyway i do want to mention that we have a uh an interview with the devs that Matt Kim from our news team did. So that's up on IG and you can read more about the game. Uh, but obviously the, this caught some of your guys' eyes. So uh, mm-hmm. Max, will start with you. Uh, what what were you excited about from this trailer?
2: I mean, I watched it and I saw what was happening and I want to uh-huh. do that stuff. And it, oh, this looks just, <laughs> this looks so kick-ass. Um, this is the the same devs that did, what's it called? Absolver. Absolver, yeah. Which was yeah. cool as hell, but it it's it definitely like, I mean, you could tell it was almost more. In, it was, it was. I think it, it, you know, was achieving a lot of what it was trying to do, but it was still, you know, had its had its limitations. This looked like they're they're definitely uh, they've got a little more budget or a little more. Like I don't know if they've got a bigger team or what, but this looks like there's a lot more detail to it. Um, mm-hmm. I'm getting. I mean, it's weird because I'm getting some sleeping dogs vibes, um, which is you know, which is a that's a you know, kung fu beat 'em up game. <laughs> I'm I'm so excited about this. Um brian you, you sent this to us but the um the pitch for this is that every time you die you get older
1: yeah they sort of buried that in the press release that came into our inboxes after the uh trailer hit and i love that like what a what a cool surprise like i like the, how old can you
2: get like can you get just decrepit <laughs> like 90 I mean, drop, and just like, probably in i like diapers? that it's <laughs> it's like that um i mean it's like that dark souls logic of like if you're bad at the game people are gonna know it to yeah see that coming uh, I mean, given how like sort of unconventional absolver was, I'm really wondering if there's some if this is gonna be more of a straight beat em up with the age thing, obviously, or if this is gonna have some kind of a like some kind of a hook to how you play it
1: yeah I'm, 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 yeah Go I'm, ahead. I'm okay with it being like let like sort of story based uh, almost like the like a two d beat up beat up like you kind of traverse through areas one after another rather than like some open world thing with a bunch of interconnected areas but i'm not sure exactly how this unfolds yet but i'm incredibly into it like it is so wonderfully stylish i think that like it it definitely is it feels like it's it It set itself aside from so many of the other games we've seen in in this uh state of play in the, in in the direct last week and just like in the year in general um it, i i love that that they have this opportunity to make something that's like you know, specifically, this feels like somebody pitched this idea and they got to make it. It doesn't feel like some like Absolver was like a little meandering. I I, I won't call it unfocused, but it like it it was sort of like uh, uh, deliberately like weird and kind of mysterious. And this is just like the man will come and punch you in the neck, and I like that.
2: <laughs> yeah, this you looks know? very. It looks to the point. Um, yeah. Yeah. What do you think Sifu What do you think sefu means? I think it's short for "sorry I effed up" and now I'm older. <laughs> yeah, I think it looks like
3: shut the fuck up. Like it sounds, just, I see that, and that's that's the shorthand, right? Like, right?
2: Yeah, I that's mean, that's TF-U-B, like, what, there's, yeah, that, like yeah. there's that like yeah. there's that like subreddit of like today I fucked up, and it's like people talking about how they like poop their pants in an elevator or whatever. <laughs> it's like, <laughs>
0: um, yeah, <T-f-> that one. <laughs> <T-f-> <laughs> no, Tifa is in Final
2: Fantasy. Um, <laughs> oh, that, I yeah. love Tifu lot la. <laughs>
0: T-foo <laughs> t-foo <laughs> uh yeah that one uh, i think definitely caught a lot of eyes and that will be a playstation console exclusive when it launches i believe it's also coming to pc but mm-hmm. uh yeah i think the story of the the show to me at least uh, and of course if there are any others you you all want to shout out we definitely can but for me at least the the message of this was like you know the big games are coming i wish they had said that like i wish that was not the implicit message but the explicit one like you know the first party games are coming here's a few of the other things along the way mm-hmm. to like tide you over in between and a lot of it looks really cool but i do i do think they could have just messaged it as that a little bit better um any any of the other games before we move on that's out to you all from it
3: no just that Deathloop theme song that's
0: Death, it's great cool. that's um like but yeah between Deathloop, returnal and sifu we've we've got a hell of a roguelike collection coming to uh coming to ps5 so it, sh- it should be a fun time if you like that genre and if not hopefully 2022 is better
1: uh did, I you, do did want you guys see that there was there was a security breach at five nights at freddy's oh no i can't believe that who who broke in there's finally been somebody has finally broken broken into five Nights. what a weird name you, for like the 19th title of that franchise <laughs> hey, where I don't, the same thing I, keeps happening every night guys,
3: guys guys i have to say this one thing it's a little bit off topic um so i like i've played five nights at freddy's um and i enjoy that series like it's terrifies me it's just jump scares like it's like ew, you have to be very uh mm-hmm. relaxed to play that game um but it led me to looking up uh like like uh Chuck E. cheese which is something that mm-hmm. I, I didn't have growing up i didn't know it was like i i knew of it conceptually mm-hmm. and vaguely um but i didn't actually realize that these animatronics like were kind of i sort of figured like maybe one one restaurant had like a couple of animatronics and like every other restaurant had like maybe people in suits i didn't realize that that like so many of these Chuck E. cheeses had these animatronics yeah. and i don't what what world <laughs> does does someone think this is what children like so i went on to the, this youtube channel it was like all of the times that the animatronics malfunctioned and i understand mm-hmm. that that's where five nights at freddy's kind of like came from right but like Holy shit, that is terrifying nightmare fuel. I'm, and you
1: I'm, guys I'm, grew I'm,
3: up with this? You grew up with this?
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm like l- lucky that I was able to go to like a lot of birthday parties at Chuck E. Cheese. And part of the appeal, because the appeal was limited, like to be honest with you, mm-hmm. Chuck E. Cheese is a bad arcade. Like the games are children garbage, right? Like you yeah. couldn't really go in there and be like, oh, we're going to play Killer Instinct or some shit. It's bad. Um the pizza was atrocious. It was an affront to God. Like it was just like some of the worst stuff ever. The appeal was you would go to see these nightmarish mechanical monster men and they would periodically just either freeze or break down or like the gorilla in the back would be like uh and then just get stuck. Um and then what what was even worse was when they finished their song, they would dim the lights on the stage and you would finish eating while the dads drank terrible beer, I assume. And off in the corner was this like just these five just ro- cyborg horror monsters that would come back to life at any given moment, and then all of a sudden the lights would go on and would be like, and they would start singing again, and you'd be like, "What is going on here?" And then you'd run in the other room and you'd like climb on the ski ball machine, and you know some kid would get sick. My cousin punched Chuck E. Cheese in the face once; his head Ooh. spun around. It was one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> not so. where i
0: expected that to
1: go <laughs> but yeah they're yeah, making a new five nights and freddys which is cool it looks like it takes place in discovery zone <laughs> yeah you're not the
2: security breach the chucky e. cheese animatronics broken in discovery <laughs> that's, <good>. <laughs>
1: <stuff>. <laughs> that's my that is my mcu i want those crossovers oh
2: my
0: god um i've never played one of those so maybe this will be it it might not
2: be, <laughs> They added um, a walking mechanic oh finally that's true um, yeah a walking sim. Isn't just isn't that like the deal with those is normally you're just like staring at monitors and then Yeah. I think yeah. So. yeah Okay. So it's like an it is a novel thing to be able to jump into a ball pit now. Yeah.
3: Yeah, like you open yeah. doors from your little security, you know, <laughs> console. I
1: do like that they they kicked off that trailer with that like that woman's voice who was like, if you like horror games, you're gonna love this next one. And I was like, ooh, boy. And then there's like a first person ball pit on my like, what <laughs>
0: I really thought that was going to be like, oh, cool. Silent Hill finally is here. Yeah. And then it was that
1: so many Um, things could have gone there. Yeah.
0: And then I I, what's weird is I even knew Five Nights at Freddy's was going to be there because the developers tweeted like a thinking emoji emoji Mm -hmm. at. uh, the state of play announcement. So I'm like, oh, of course. But still, there was half a second of hope that it was going to be something different.
1: I was um, like Elden, Elden Ring. is going to be the we're going to see a boss fight. Uh, Bloodborne 2. Bloodborne 2, 2 anything. Then, yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> anyway, moving on I, uh, from the state of play, I do want to quickly touch on there is literally breaking news as we're recording the show again. Sony tries to beat us, and yet we are here and covering it as it's breaking. Uh, there was what a r- report report earlier today as we were oh. Uh, before we were recording that uh, Sony Japan was going to be seeing uh, reorganization and layoffs um, and Sony just while we were recording confirmed that this is indeed the case. This was an unconfirmed report previously Uh, and Sony sent a statement along to IGN confirming this and that essentially Japan Studio will centered around Team Asobi, the development team behind the Astros Playroom uh, and Astro Bot games. So um, localization, IP management and external production will also be concentrated within the global functions uh, of PlayStation Studio. Here's the full statement. Just read it. It's pretty short. In an effort to further strengthen business operations, SIE can confirm PlayStation Studios Japan Studio. It's a lot of studio will be reorganized into a new organization on first. Japan studio will be recentered to team Asobi, the creative team behind Astro's playroom, allowing the team to focus on a single vision and build on the popularity of Astro's playroom. In addition, the roles of external production, software localization, IP management of Japan studio titles will be concentrated with global functions of PlayStation studios. Um, So first of all, of course, when any of these things happen, our thoughts are with all of the developers who are affected by this, who are uh, suffering any layoffs, um, Because of this reorganization, we don't obviously have a scale of uh, how many roles this will encompass changing. uh, But obviously our thoughts with the developers affected. Um, I want to hear from all of you, but my my initial thoughts are and I tweeted this a little earlier when the the news was first rumored was that this doesn't surprise me because as as storied and impressive as like PlayStation Studios Japan has been, they haven't really released games themselves Uh, that they hadn't partnered on with like Bluepoint or things like that since 2017, when they released Gravity Rush 2 and NAC 2, Uh, other than the Astro series. That has pretty much been the biggest, uh, you know, singly focused games from that studio. And especially when we saw recently the, you know, Silent Hill creator and some of those producers, a producer who had worked on Bloodborne with the studio left uh, just in the last day or two. Um, Seeing this uh, talent that was so key to the studio leaving, I guess should have been the writing on the wall that something was changing there.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I to me it's unfortunate because there there was such a history I think at Japan Studio of like the eccentric experiments we would get out of Sony first party stuff. Um they were they were really a house of like inventively changing things up. We'd get everything from Ape Escape to I I believe to to puppeteer to Astro's Playroom to you know co-developing Bloodborne with FromSoft and things like that like there's there to Gravity Rush there was so much going on in that studio Uh, yeah it it feels it definitely feels like a loss
1: well I think sort of this coupled with the uh, I would say like kind of decreased impact of PlayStation as a brand in Japan in general like looking at sales numbers it's I I won't say like the country has moved on of course they haven't and they, they probably never will but there is just definitely less, like, enthusiasm for, like, the big AAA, $500 console experience uh, in in that region right now. And that kind of bums me out. Like, I, seeing that coupled with this, which is, like, I to me, like, this is a studio designed to do smaller, interesting, weird games that they're allowed to do, bringing in their, their own narrative and their own principles and stuff like that. And I, I think that, like, Sony is more and more shifting in towards kind of being like a a a more kind of american studio right like i mean they, they make a lot of kind of like gritty third person hyper violent games which which are great and they sell extraordinarily well but to me japan will always be this like sort of ubiquitous ent- entity in terms of like creating the video game industry as we know it like being a kid reading video game magazines and reading about the weird cool stuff in japan and the stuff that they were getting first um it like it bums me out to see that sort of decreased. I, I, there's been such like a shift there to the mobile space. There's been a shift there to um, the, the Nintendo side of stuff. Is is still doing really well over there, um, and it bums me out. Like I, I I would love to see more studios underneath Sony's umbrella that can tell these kind of smaller stories. Um, and I don't I don't know where you go from there.
3: It definitely felt like um, the Japan studio was the place where like say anyone in the Sony stable had an idea for something that they wanted to do that was like left of center, like it would, it, it would go to Japan's studio. So I think the guy that made puppeteer, I think he was British. Of course, like Mark Cerny was behind NAC. Um, and it kind of, it it did very much feel like they were like, okay, well, we'll send it to Japan's studio and they can be the one that, that sort of turns that into reality. I mean, not, you know, yeah. obviously there was a lot of co-development that went on. Um, but in terms of like having a sort of a singular imprint, um, a stylish stylistic imprint i think it just became you know this was the experimental kind of studio um mm-hmm. a, as you say with with smaller experiences so with with that in mind this kind of feels a little inevitable at this point
0: yeah definitely in in comparison i, I think as you were saying brian yeah with so much of their focus being on these big cinematic triple a and really i think western f- facing and 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 more um relatable to the to those audiences based on the way we've seen japanese developers uh you know focus on third person action games these have definitely been sony's focus has definitely been more on like the western uh, action game sensibilities um but yeah as you were saying i think one of the biggest signs is the sales figures like we we definitely it's something that Uh, I've seen Pear bring up, uh, you know, in our uh, internal slacks uh, a few times with like sales in Japan when he spots them. And it's like Nintendo, Nintendo, Nintendo for the first like 40 games. Then there's maybe one game in there. And it's just, yeah, that that hasn't really been a place where they can have a commanding lead anymore. And I, I, I guess especially with like jim ryan bring more of a european focus for sony uh worldwide studios you know from that level um or excuse me uh as ceo and then herman holst as the head of worldwide studios there's like a focus now in europe that wasn't necessarily there before
1: Mm -hmm. um but yeah right which which is interesting in the grander scale of the console war stuff because if you look at like microsoft has historically failed in in that country repeatedly like to the point where it's borderline laughing stock when sales numbers come in and you're like you got you sold eleven Xbox 360s this year, like stuff like that, like just abysmally low numbers. Um, but the fact that like they basically, I would say like not necessarily gave up on competing there, but I don't think they're fighting nearly as hard as, as they were during the era where they're like, hey, we got Blue Dragon, it's an exclusive JRPG, you know, like they moved on from that. And so for Sony to like you know sideline their studios here and uh, have less of an impact with console sales. Basically, both companies have just handed that country to Nintendo and mobile, and that's weird. Like, it's just weird to see. Like, obviously, these are... Sony's doing immensely well globally, like, and so they don't necessarily need Japan, but it sucks. Like, it just sucks think, to see, I, you know? I
3: don't think any, either of those companies will ever admit defeat in Japan. Yeah. I think yeah. there, will, there will always be a game plan. Like, we chatted to Microsoft um about... Like what their you know, sort of ventures into Japan were going to be for the Xbox Series X, and like they had this whole game plan. And I, you know, I I don't know how the Series X is performing in in Japan. I I I can imagine it's slow going at least at least right now. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, it will still be a market that will they'll both always try to conquer and regain mm-hmm. ground in because it's such a massive market. So I think right now, yes, we're seeing a complete Nintendo dominance, but I don't think that means that anyone will throw up their hands.
1: Right, right. I mean, that's the, that's the beauty of all this, right? Like it's never, you're never really promised tomorrow when it comes to all, like there are just the ebb and flow of the market leader's in every region. Like that's what makes it so fun. The console wars are just constantly like the, the audience is fickle. The mm. companies are constantly taking new risks and crazy new ideas at sometime to their own detriment. And you know, in three, four years maybe we this will be completely upside down. Who knows? Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we uh will also probably see I think Sony continue to at least in that market invest in partnerships like with Final Fantasy 7 Remake and Final Fantasy 16. Uh, and obviously, you know, Death Stranding on that side. And if they continue to do anything with Kojima, if anything on the Silent Hill front ever comes true, I would not be shocked to see any of the Konami partnerships be with Sony. That feels like a, a sort of natural fit. Um, mm-hmm. But From yeah, Soft,
2: it, Capcom, all of those companies like they're, I, you know, I wonder if we'll see any sort of older franchises get dusted off or farmed out to third parties. Because um, obviously, you know, playing uh, playing Astrobot. It's clear that there is like, like we we all kind of noted this. There's it seems much more like PlayStation is celebrating its history and it's you know the legacy of its IPs and there's you know there's nods to you know Gravity Rush and Ape Escape and stuff like that in there and it's mm-hmm. uh it, there's also that sort of this is obviously you know this does come with layoffs. It's a restructuring. Um, We're not really privy to the details of that, but there is also that certain degree of like you know Plato's ship rib when it comes to studios where the studio is known for these games that were made over the course of you know 20 years however long and multiple people kind of came and went throughout that that time and how you know how many people need to get removed from a studio before that is a fundamentally different studio so right yeah. you know maybe exactly. maybe we'll see like a, a totally interesting kind of like uh restruct like actual restructuring and um you know sobi um mm-hmm. or you know maybe this is you know it's a ch- changing of the guard or whatever there's also that really
1: cool thing that that happens where um like a new team entirely will take on a beloved franchise and reinvent it like a, like God of war is one of those things that I think that like a lot of people will were, were kind of roll their eyes at the idea of that franchise after a while because it sort of like ran its course um and there's like a lot of really cool ideas and a lot of great games in there, but they just put that in the hands of a like a basically a new team, some people that worked on the old ones, some people that had brand new ideas and reinvented it and and it became. You know, like it's that's like a one of the most like critically acclaimed, acclaimed games of all time. Duke I would say like
2: Kojima, the Jima Ape Escape. Yeah, sure. Great.
1: I'm into it. I am I'm very into it. The silver lining here is that we're getting more Astro right? Like, if yeah. we look at the positive here, which is, you know, the best selling PS5 game. That's some good news. <laughs> it's true. Um, it's I want, want more of that game. I, yeah. Hundred percent install base. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I was I was. <laughs> I was and i that was uh, honestly like one of my favorite that's probably one of my favorite like console launch games ever made like in terms Same of up. like the experience that i had with that platinuming it like top to bottom just like yeah if, if they give us a new one of those like every year and change and it's you know just a bunch of new levels a bunch of new cool stuff i'm so into that so yeah.
0: my Silver my g- my guess would be that that team would probably focus on uh, both experiences that will work within and without a VR at this point because they'll, pre- they'll I, I think Astro's Playroom on its own is so much fun but Astro Bot was also like a PSVR seller and so I think they're gonna probably be working on an Astro Bot Rescue Mission too for PSVR but I would also love to see Astro's Playroom 2 as weird as that is like I think I think both of those things can exist. Um, and I I don't want I, I would imagine with them restructuring this way, they're not going to limit that team to just VR, probably.
1: Do you know what they should do? They should announce like in a blog post on like a Tuesday morning at 6 a.m. Mm-hmm. Another PSVR.
0: <laughs> they what? Well, good news for you, Brian. They did. Uh, obviously, I know we're running a, a little bit longer. So if anyone understands uh, end of the day as well. But uh, yeah, I do definitely want to touch on that uh the psvr2 you know before the state of play uh was announced it's just not coming this year uh we didn't get any look at it uh we don't really know uh what uh what it will hold on to from the the vr headset that's come before the psvr headset but we do know that it will uh connect to the ps5 with a single cord to single simplify cord. setup Hashtag single chord
1: life. Ooh, um, I want no chords.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to talk about that a, in a second because I, I did have a few interesting conversations about like why we think it's still a cord. But uh also <laughs> that uh it'll be a next gen VR system that enhances everything from resolution to field of view to tracking input and will also include uh new controllers. Yeah! So
1: the, there mo- it
0: controllers! Is. the move controllers are can be put to rest after three generations, God, uh and they yeah. will incorporate some of the key features found in the DualSense, uh, along with a focus on great ergonomics.
1: A lot of people don't know this, but Ronald Reagan was president when do, uh, the controllers first announced <laughs> on That's how effing old they are. No, this is, this is, I, I'm like, you know, I'm throwing shade at the one, the one cable. I'm okay with it. That's fine. I, there's one cable on my Oculus when I forget to charge it. Like it's, you know, it's I can deal with that. The, we complain about the big like, you know, snakes nest <laughs> that we've had to deal with every yeah. time we plug in a PSVR before this. So this is cool. I'm, I'm super into this.
0: I think the the single cord thing for me, I understand why it's not completely wireless, because it one keeps you literally like and also figuratively tethered to focusing on it being a PS5 analogous device. But it also probably helps with power and there doesn't have to be an internal like huge battery and hard drive. Like, it doesn't have to rest in there, and the, the headset can just be the headset, would be my guess for some of those reasons. Um, but, yeah, I am all for a smooth PSVR headset. I have I have the extension, like, thing for the camera for my PS5 to, to use the PSVR on it. I have not set up my PSVR in six months because it is just too much of a hassle in my Like, in mm-hmm. the back of my mind, having to detangle, as you said, that nest of wires is just not it's not what I want to do right now. And if I plug that thing in, I'm kind of committed. Um, so in ease of use, I think is going to be key here. I'm, I'm glad the controllers will have a uh, dual sense uh, capabilities in them. That's a, a nice bonus as well. But um, yeah, I think for me, the biggest thing, like we've talked a, a bit, you know, on and off about PSVR cadence on here. It's good to know they're continuing to support it. I think, I hope that from what we see for PSVR two is a more steady stream of releases, because I think, Sort of like looking back on the show, we very much have had like, man, it's a PSVR drought for eight months, and then there's like two months of a lot of great games, and then it's another drought for most of a year, and then another mm-hmm. couple of great games. That like that cadence, I don't think served the headset well, especially as a add on purchase. I mean,
3: right. like, you know would- I, I mean, I'm just saying, I'm kind of sort of a little surprised that there is a PS VR 2 in the first place like yeah. I, I, you know the market certainly hasn't pointed towards there being an amazing breakthrough and and vr sales or like you know it, it, it's finally it's vr's time in the sun like <laughs> it, it still feels kind of like it it never hit that Peak that we were talking about when PSVR and Oculus and all of those companies were the PlayStation rather um, were making their VR you know footprint. Like, I, I don't think we ever got there. I mean, Half Life Alex no. I feel is the closest we got to like this is you know we need this. You need this. You need a headset. This like if you love video games and this is what you know. I like I, I'm surprised that Sony is still kind of in the game. To be honest. Like, well, I know and this is sort kind of like but, a dibby down a thing to say, but
1: no, no, no. You're completely. I mean, this it, it PSVR um, it sold. It's the best selling, like, sort of standalone VR headset, and or not standalone, but VR headset period. And it sold half as well as the Wii U did. Like, and that, like, that that's important to remember. Like, and it has it has a phenomenal attach rate. Like, people who buy it buy tons of software, and that's great. And this is great news for VR as a sort of like medium because this is, you know. a a gigantic publisher company video game developer not throwing their hat in the ring but keeping it there um or their you know (laughs) their your face hat or whatever you want to call it um that's awesome it's it's great for like vr enthusiasts in general but yeah this it still hasn't this is still companies repeatedly attempting to sort of like break through that layer of like sort of like a small pocket of enthusiasts um and so we'll see what happens. Like I, I'm, I'm glad that they're, I'm glad they're trying again or continuing to try.
2: <laughs> that um, the stats about the PSVR selling half as many as we, I know it was at one point the best selling VR headset. I feel like that was pre Oculus Quest, which I know definitely. I
0: believe it was. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: So I mean, anecdotally, my my stepmom has a Oculus Quest, and she's not a person who would buy a VR headset. In if you if you go to my head, ask me five years ago, would she be into that? Of like, no, that's not the <laughs> thing she wants, and. The you know, in I my of- head is Oculus Quest exclusive, so I could see why. Yeah,
0: <laughs> But yeah, it, um, the Quest has definitely taken, uh, I, yeah. I think at least like the mind share. Of the I mean, they
2: definitely sure. got a pretty good mind share and then they were like, but you need a Facebook account to keep doing this. And that turned a lot of people off. I saw like a pretty interesting take on this where at this point, um, you know, there's an established sort of, there, there, there are enough PSVR games out there that it doesn't seem like a total like leap of faith to jump on that. But at the same time, the... Uh, you know, valve headsets are. I'm not going to say prohibitively expensive, but they're definitely a lot more expensive. Like at one point, I think the the PSVR was the cheapest way to get into VR, and since then, it's become the the Quest um or you know the lower end, whatever the, the things are. But uh, I, yeah, I mean, I, I'm glad that Sony's sticking with it. I think it, it shows a lot. Like I, I don't think I don't think VR is ever going to happen, but as video games have become so mainstream and ubiquitous, it's kind of nice that there still is some. You know like nerdy tech hobby that hasn't that that is like you can kind of you know escape into yeah uh, and i really hope that like we've seen sony put it starting to put first party games on pc i hope they make this thing compatible with pc because i think that would really help it kind of you know find f- find a home or in many homes
1: yeah no that's actually i that's a really brilliant idea i hadn't even really thought of that i think that's like one of the main issues holding back vr right now um is you know the, there's it, it's sort of so scattershot like it's an incredibly fragmented community like when you want to play a game on oculus you're like do i need the rift the quest do i have to tether to a pc for this for psvr hooking it up to a ps5 it's just a nightmare i don't even want to deal with it It involves like getting multiple dongles in the mail i'm good <laughs> like and, i'm okay yeah. and i love getting mail in quarantine it's like they it's never so tragic me mine.
2: Like, i don't know why
1: see it's yeah it's, Everyone, but like, like
2: my friend got one
1: <laughs> there's like there's obviously some multiple people are looking at the bottom line on vr and going worth it and we don't have that we don't have those numbers right and so like i'm glad that they're looking at that and they're going okay there's there's still like a means to an end here to develop and put money into development for these, these games this hardware this software but more importantly like i don't know we just got brand new playstation hardware it's awesome Um, I'm excited to see what they do with VR because I know that they're going to do something that's just like a little bit offbeat. It won't be like there won't be Facebook in the back corner being like, send me your photos like they're gross. And so this I'm I'm into this. We'll see. We'll see how it pans out.
0: Yeah. And uh, absolutely. The point of like it. Me, I would love if it's compatible with PC. I agree because it is sort of it's the one like console specific VR headset right now, uh, other than of course the Nintendo Labo, and so it's uh, <laughs> it, it's locked off from of the course. rest of that community in a weird way. Whereas uh, you know Oculus, HTC Vive, like all those things are different companies, but they're all on PC at the end of the day, and there there yeah. is a a uniformity to that community that PSVR kind of feels a little bit separate from sometimes. So that would definitely go a long way. But speaking of PC as well, it is definitely worth mentioning that also this week we learned that uh, more PS4 games will be coming to PC, starting with Days Gone uh, this spring. Uh, more Just a
1: real. Uh, I can't
2: believe it. The nerve it's, of these people. It's, what about uh, me? How are you going to play it with a keyboard? That's madness.
0: Uh, obviously, this month food only end.
2: tastes good when other people can't eat it. <laughs> Watch me eat my food.
0: Uh, obviously, this marks the end of PlayStation's dominance in the gaming space, I think it's safe yeah. to say, and that yeah. this is just uh, their fall from grace begins here. No, uh, of course, <laughs> we, we wanted to bring this up, one, to mention uh, that, you know, this follows in the footsteps of Horizon Zero Dawn last year. and We're going to get more. Uh, we could speculate on what more will be, but I think it is definitely worth addressing the thing as a few of us did on twitter when this news came out that playstation putting years old exclusives on pc does not invalidate the game you played and enjoyed as an exclusive to that console in any way this is can i just
3: can i ask a question like yes it it makes so much aggressive sense to me from a business standpoint to do this and also i don't see it as being anti-consumer at all these games have been out for years uh what what were people actually pissed off like or did we just assume that they would be pissed off
1: Uh, i've seen a bit of it there were people pissed off on youtube and uh in the comments in the official announcement but i do think we have reached many many moons ago we reached this sort of like preemptively daggers out to attack (laughs) anybody who is pissed off and like we're doing that sort of like loop through like thing where we're like, you're you're mad, and I'm mad at you for being mad. And people are like, I'm not that mad. Um, I don't think I don't think it's that big of a deal personally. No. But we, yeah. I think this is like we did see we did see that happen with with Horizon and definitely. Death Stranding. I remember definitely it. for remember sure. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. The the volume of the conversation I definitely is loud this time. But I, I do think it's just worth reiterating. So clear financial like business sense for them to do this because they're not putting. Horizon Forbidden West on PC day and date. Like they put Horizon on PC so more people would like Horizon and then PS5 to play Her- Horizon Forbidden West. But
2: then They're there'll putting... be PC gamers playing our PlayStations. Oh, no, you're right. But they can't earn trophies.
0: So, sucks for them. Mm-hmm. Actually, I don't know if you could, you probably can't.
2: Um, but
0: yeah, it's the Days Gone. Like there's obviously going to be more Days Gone. That game sold very well. Uh, Bend has continued to support it after launch. Like there will probably be more to the Days Gone universe. Putting it on PC just means at this point more people will get to play it. And I think as Brian, you had said like a, a bunch of these games will probably be in the PlayStation Plus collection already on PS5. So uh, some of them will be free to people who get a PS5 already if you have PlayStation Plus, which you probably do. Um, it is it it is a thing to help the bottom line and to help re-energize sales in a game that may not be selling a ton right now to then further yeah. help sequels down the line.
1: Well, like I saw, I saw a lot of response sort of being like, well what's the purpose of even owning a playstation anymore and it's like well it's the same purpose it's had to be an early adopter of like literally anything ever like your part enjoying the thrill of brand new worlds before anyone else can experiment them experience them and then part of part of that is is being a guinea pig and like playing playing stuff before it's like fully fully feature complete but like I don't know, like if you wait three years to see a movie like you're going to get like the special edition UHD director's cut Blu-ray 4K with all this other nonsense in it. But you didn't see that movie three years ago when everyone else was. I have if you
2: look at the um, I mean, the, the box office numbers for, you know, Fast and Furious or Marvel or any one of those big franchises that keeps growing the it's always the newest one. And I mean, you know, it's this snowball effect. And I honestly think that like I bought like I hadn't seen any of the Fast and Furious movies like a year and a half ago. And I just was like, screw it. And I paid something stupid like eleven dollars for nine movies on my like on Blu-ray on Black Friday. And then I watched them all. And now I'm like, yeah, next time that one of those comes out, I'll go see it in theaters. And like Mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's how you onboard people. It's I'm and it's I don't know if that makes more people jump on PS5 than cool.
0: Yeah, Yeah, totally it it'll be a thing that i think only helps the playstation 5 in the long run and uh it'll be fun to see if there are any weird motorcycle mods
2: for that They one. better not patch Aloy into Days Gone because that's not fair for us the, the like, playstation fans.
1: <laughs> Real quick, it is important to note that this is very clearly not a decision being made out of financial desperation. Like this is oh, this yeah. is the this is a company that is having zero problems whatsoever selling literally every console they manufacture they they're hot off the heels of one of the most popular consoles ever made they has gone sold i i imagine fairly well for you know for for the work that they put into it for you know and so obviously this is them looking at this and going like yeah let's let's make a little more money on this not them being like we got to do this otherwise the whole boat's going down like it's not yeah it's not that it- bad
0: it, it things are going well for the moment, and even though we may get that news alongside something like GT Seven being delayed to twenty twenty two, which also came out at the same time, um, where things there is plenty to look forward to in this year for PS five as well. Even if some of those games eventually come to PC in twenty twenty seven, um, before we uh, end the week, I did briefly want to mention Max. I, I know I had put a note in the runner show. Do you have a memory card story you want to share, or not? Uh, otherwise, I can
2: I can skip. I right did, by. but then I
1: forgot it.
0: That's fair enough. It's been a, a year of a it week. was.
1: I, it's the time you ate a memory
2: card. Mm, yes. Yeah. I was have a switch cartridge and it tasted terrible.
0: <laughs> you have anything in your pockets?
2: Uh, no. I'm really. I'm just doing. <laughs> I'm doing uh, nothing in my pockets today. Just really fair having enough. a really kind of loosey goosey. Everything's <laughs> on the tables, on the counters, on the floor. It's my boxes. favorite wacky holiday.
1: We're, we're saying goodbye to you for a couple of weeks, right?
2: Yeah. 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 Um, I'm taking paternity leave starting tomorrow because my wife is enormous with child and she's due like any <laughs> minute now. And um, so women love like, that by the way. They love yeah, that. It's the best description, yeah.
3: Being called enormous with child.
2: <laughs> um, but no, yeah, that's that's gonna be interesting. Obviously, this is Cloudy with a chance of meeple. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'll try to play a video a video game while I'm doing that something hopefully turn-based or maybe something that lets you pause it i think is probably smart so.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh well well obviously we'll we'll miss you in the ensuing weeks while while you'll be off the show but thank you for making the time you know these last few weeks we're on to make sure we could have you on the show before you were going to be taking that time off so happy to be able to have you on before, Ooh, before
2: i have i do off. have things Ooh. i have a thing yes. i can't talk about it it's a super it's a very special secret thing that's happening it will be going up at some point next month um we know about the baby it's not well well, so much for that idea where max is going to review the baby on the ign scale so exclusive unboxing world premiere um but no uh i have what is it i have the 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 monthly (laughs) reviews and review show that i've been doing and the biggest game releases of march and then there's we're also they're making me do one where it's like the biggest streaming releases and i was like I'm not going to I'm not going to do that many of them. So it's probably stuff you already <laughs> knew was coming out. <laughs> uh,
0: well, look forward to those in, in Max's absence. But as soon as we can have you back on the show, of course, we will. But uh, you make sure you bring the baby. Make sure the baby uh, is on the show with God, you every to be A
2: little person with little hands and stuff.
0: Yeah. Weird. Before we put you into an existential breakdown of any kind. You'll have a few busy weeks ahead. Anything you want to tell people to otherwise i know you had mentioned you're on a GameSpot spoiler cast
2: yeah i fin- uh, i so. finally finished yakuza like a dragon after churning away at that for a while and then the folks over at GameSpot had me on to do a spoiler cast because they are all um much better people than everyone at ign and they actually play the yakuza games um you know even when their <laughs> friends recommend them and all that so uh go check that out and yeah. yeah
0: mitchell plays them uh other other than that uh brian do you have anything you want to Plug uh, two, or anything that you've...
1: Two quick things. Uh, one, I'm about three hours in a Yakuza 0. I'm playing it, so I can gladly,
2: oh. you know, yell about Yakuza for It's Max almost to the part where you get to do the game. It's it's about yeah, to start. Yeah, almost. <laughs> they, the men love talking, and I love beating the them The journey up. begins, Chapter um, 7. <laughs> uh,
1: but speaking of cheating on our employees with uh, more talented ones, I did uh, Kind of Funny's uh, sort of, not necessarily like a spoiler cast, but just sort of like a definitive uh, show about Bloodborne. Um with uh andy cortez and blessing and tamor and greg and it was super fun just us like 90 minutes just gushing about how great that game is what we think of the lore um what what it was like to platinum it how important it is so in case for some effing bizarre reason you've muted all the parts of this show where i've ever talked about bloodborne there's an hour and a half of it over there so enjoy
0: Fair enough. And uh, Lucy, anything you want to point people to? Or has it just been done, too crazy for week?
3: I have done absolutely nothing but work in the last month. And my muscles have begun to atrophy. Um, yeah. That's
0: all. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah. All right. we'll, we'll point you to uh, protein supplements after this. Great. Um, right. uh, and of course, I do want to mention uh, to anyone who may not have seen it, I put up a bit earlier this week. Uh, a deep dive sort of post and it's very spoilery, but it's about uh, the ending of Bug Snacks. I spoke to uh, the creative director and writer basically about how that game drastically changed from the original ending uh, and why they felt it was a much better game for all the changes they made. It was a really, really fun, uh, insightful conversation that we turned into a very large piece. Um, I spent we've spent probably an hour talking about the creative process of going through that game. And it was just a phenomenal uh, conversation to have. And I, r- I really enjoyed. They let me know about the game, so please check that out. Uh, if you haven't already. Uh, and that, then also, that was a
1: great piece, by the way. I really, thank you. really like that. Yeah, I
0: appreciate it. Uh, I
1: want to play the director's remix version where it's horrible at the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, I want to see what they uh, really were going to do with the, the end there, but I don't want to spoil it. But anyway, um, also that and then I have the Returnal preview up as well as a preview of a new game called Stonefly that is from the creators of Creature in the Well. Uh, it looks really, really cool. I definitely recommend checking out the uh, trailer and screenshots because me telling you it's like a, Uh, An action mech game where you're the size of a borrower uh, in a a really cool forest doesn't quite do it justice, but it's a very cool looking game. Uh, Anyway, that's going to pretty much wrap us up for this week's episode of Podcast Beyond. Thank you, Brian, Max and Lucy, for joining me for this week's episode. Thank you, as always, to our producer, Red, for helping to make the show actually happen. And thank you to everyone out there listening and watching. We'll talk to you all next week. We hope you're safe, though.
3: We hope you're well. As always, beyond.
1: Beyond. Beyond.
2: Beyond.